Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. And so if you missed our previous two episodes, we have one that was five things we've learned from basketball's 3-0 start. They're 4-0, but honestly, I think our five things are still hold up. Uh, it's the same stuff. Hunter Dickinson, good. Um, you, know, Sean, you know, the bench can be really good. Uh, we'll have up and down moments you know, some defensive concerns, uh, so on and so on. Then we also had a podcast. uh, We got a lot of positive feedback about that was kind of 2020 hindsight. How did Michigan fall to two and four? Was it preventable? And, and who's to blame? Uh, I thought that was an interesting look at some of the stuff on the field. We mentioned in there that we would have separate podcasts to talk about the contracts, the coaching, things of that nature. And that's what this one is. Talking all about Jim Harbaugh's future with Michigan. Uh, you know, Ward Manuel has commented on it. There have also been pretty substantial rumors. So should be a fun episode. Of course, if you like the episode or like hearing us and, and Sam and Tim McCormick and um, Bryce and, and, you know, we got the recruiting basketball football podcast going. Um, I mean, really four, four episodes, five episodes a week at this point. So if you like it, be sure to subscribe. Uh, let your friends know they might like it too. Throw us a rating. That that obviously helps us continue to grow and grow. And then if you like our stories or want to read more, uh, go to the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Lots of content. Uh, we're basically writing 10 stories a day, so you should get your fix there. Anyway, Steve, let's start with the John U. Bacon report. That And this came out, was it Monday night? or Monday evening. Yep. Uh, John U. Bacon, for those that don't know, four-time, I hope it's four-time, hope it's not more, four-time that I know of New York Times national best-selling author, um, has written several books about Michigan football. Uh, he was all over the Jim Harbaugh hiring back in 2014. So um, does, not, does not do scoops. He doesn't have clicks that he's trying to get. He doesn't have an end game here other than He's heard it and would like to share it. Uh, so he does not, he's not reaching, you know, he's, he's an authority has no, no agenda, no end game. Um, he's actually done writing about college football for a while too. So regardless, he reported that Ward Manuel has offered Jim Harbaugh a, a contract extension, but, or Stephen A. Smith, however, with a lower base pay, higher incentives and a lower buyout. And, and then the additional, the addendum to that was that uh, a few NFL teams have reached out to Jim Harbaugh and, and Harbaugh is basically put in a position where he has to decide does, does he want to accept this offer? Does he want to negotiate or does he want to move on? And that was kind of a big deal. I mean, you know, we had, I know Sam had reported something similar uh, this weekend, but I, to me, that was kind of, I don't know if it was a surprise, but I didn't know if Ward was actually going to go through with it. I, I didn't know if that was, you know, kind of talk or, or if that was legit. So Steve, first your reaction to hearing that report, hearing that news, because that is not convention precedented in college football that is um it's probably not unique but it is not common so what what was your initial reaction i mean i give you my knee-jerk reaction and then my thought about it a little bit longer reaction my knee-jerk reaction was that if this legitimate which if john's reporting it um he's as good as anybody you know and as somebody who i do not believe would publicize anything unless he was hearing it from somebody who would know. But my initial reaction was almost feels like it's like Michigan was putting Harbaugh in a position to move on. I, I just, to lower the base, you know, to offer a new contract for the same job and lower the base pay. I'm not advocating that Harbaugh should get a raise or anything like that. But I mean, think about it logically where you're restructuring a contract to pay somebody less and to lower the amount it would cost to buy them out of their contract. If they didn't 
live up to that contract. To me, it felt like, you know, who would, I mean, it'd be interesting if he takes it, if that's what the contract is, you know, if that's the actuality of the contract, I just, I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people in just different walks of life, uh, would you take, (laughs) you know, a lower, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't think, I don't think you'd find many people up and granted, I know it's, it's to me, it's, it's not about the sum of money. It's the idea of taking a pay cut. I mean, yeah, it's still, it'd still be a lot of money, mm-hmm. money that, you know, more than enough money to live comfortably or whatever and keep your, and, and take care of your family. But to me, it's just about the principle of uh pay cut, whether there are high incentives or not. And I don't know, you know, that's where the, that's where it could be interesting if the incentives would maybe raise it to where he would be getting a raise if they reach the incentives that, you know, that are set forth or whatever. Uh, but either way, to me, I think the biggest thing was Michigan trying to put themselves in a position that no matter what the outcome is here, that they can lower that buyout number, right? I mean, right. that that's what it seemed like the end game to me was. Um, so... That was kind of that was sort of a mix. I trend uh, made a transition into my long term thought about it, but my knee jerk reaction was I just I'd be kind of surprised if if he if he took it. I suppose. Um, yeah. Well, and and unless we, hold on, unless unless the unless COVID the financials regarding COVID have any impact on his thought process of the money of the money situation. Not saying it should. Not saying it shouldn't, but it was the only one of the only conceivable ways uh, that, or he thinks that the team can win in twenty twenty one and beyond, and feels that the incentives were reachable. You know, I mean, those I'm, I was trying to think of different avenues where I would think, okay, maybe it's feasible. You know, in a, in some certain instances, but I'm, on the surface, it was you know, yeah, it looked like Michigan trying to set it up to where if he walks away that buyout number goes, you know, if he goes, if he was to go to the NFL, the buyout number disappears. And if he takes it, the new contract, which it's not an extension, right? It's a totally rewritten situation um, that it would also lower the buyout. Meaning the worst case scenario would be if he came back and said, no, I'm going to coach out the rest of this original contract. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Cause the buyout doesn't go anywhere. And then you basically, you know, probably, probably burn. The, I mean, it just, I don't think that'd be the, I don't think that's going to be the outcome. I mean, but it's, it's one of the three, I feel like there, I feel like there are three potential outcomes. He walks off, he walks off on his own. He agrees to this new amended contract or he coaches out the remainder of the one he's currently signed to. And, and I don't think that third option, that third option is really just calling Ward's bluff, right? Being like, you're not going to fire me if I, stay on for another year um yeah my first reaction was that maybe this was ward manual i think this is the smartest thing he's i i don't know everything he's done as athletic director but i thought this was a really smart move by ward manual um i think it it really puts michigan in a win-win situation for the most part now you know in the current short term it's kind of a PR mess and we'll, we'll talk about the, you know, kind of the timeline of this and how that's not being handled well, but Ward manual, I, I have always kind of viewed him as an athletic director who was at his best when things weren't going wrong. I mean, he is gifted at like, I don't know, you know, how many of our listeners have had conversations with him or met him, but like, he is really good at, um, making people feel really welcome, making people feel really good. I mean, he's great at handling, uh, you know, being a liaison between kind of the coaches and, you know, other people in the athletic department or around the university. I think he's, he's good with the players too. And and I think he, he's someone that I think when the team is doing well, he is great at keeping it going. Um, you know, I think he, same, same with basketball. I didn't know, I didn't know yet if he had, kind of the hardball approach in him because that was something, I mean, people got mad at um, Dave Brandon 
for it, it to an extent. I know that's not a name that you're supposed to talk about positively at, at Michigan, but he and Jim Hackett were both very decisive. They would play hardball. Um, you know, they 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 kind of had that that side of them. Now, Dave Brandon, you could argue, had too much of it, but regardless, I didn't I didn't know how Ward Manuel was going to approach this. I I because publicly he has never. And we said this in October, maybe it was November. Uh, the week's kind of blur at this point, but you know, I said, "Hey, Jim Harbaugh or Ward Manuel has never said anything other than he wants Jim Harbaugh as Michigan's coach." And so, if that's the case, he's got a he's got a very interesting month or so, and a lower base pay. Now we don't know what it is. It might be literally half a million less, but my guess is that if NFL team. If the NFL part of it is being looped in by by Bacon, who has repeatedly said Harbaugh's not going to the NFL in previous years when these rumors come up. Um, I mean, the fact that that makes me think that it was at least somewhat lower. And that's, that's again, I think it's a win-win situation for Michigan because if, if Jim Harbaugh takes it, and the reason for taking it is that this isn't about money and that he does believe Michigan can be good, under his tutelage and he still wants the job, right? I mean, that's, that's been kind of the, the message board rumbling is, or people kind of view him in press conferences. They view him on the sidelines. Granted, I think a lot of coaches would be miserable in a two and four season, but uh, it, you know, people have felt he's looked extra miserable. So if Harbaugh takes it, that's a sign that he, he doesn't care about his ego. He wants the job. Uh, you know, he wants to win and he thinks it can happen. That's a very easy package for Michigan to to put together from a PR standpoint. And if he doesn't take the job, then then it kind of softens the firing of of a guy who who when he arrived or even just like two or three years ago was viewed as a hero. You know, it, it it's really humbling and really I mean, there's no way um you know, it kind of softens the firing a little bit. I don't know if that that makes sense to our listeners, but it's you don't you don't have to you get to move on without necessarily having to blow everything up. You can just say, well, you know, we offered him a contract that was sensible to to the financial crisis athletic departments are facing, and and he wanted to move on elsewhere. And I I don't think, I mean, I kind of would be in this boat. I don't think Jim would take the third option and basically say you're going to have to fire me. Um, I think he would, he would move on because you basically have to optically let yourself be fired. Now, you know, for some, some people, 10 million, I think that's what the buyout is. Maybe that's, that's worthwhile, but, um, I feel like it would be one of the first two options, but I felt this was a really good move by Ward Manuel because I, I, I don't think, I don't think there's a way he comes out looking like he mishandled it. Now, again, there are some details. What does the extension look like? I know some of our listeners are like, why, why is it a extension even being extended or discussed? Um, but, but ultimately I thought this was a really smart move. And I actually agree with you, Steve. I, I, I don't think you do this and I don't think it gets out unless there is a faction of people in the athletic department who don't want Harbaugh to take it. And that, that could yeah. be wrong. That that was that was a read. I mean, you mentioned it to me, and I was kind of like, yeah, that's probably true. You know, the the NFL part is is kind of a separate thing. That feel like that would be that wouldn't get out necessarily. But yeah, it just um, I mean, it's a hardball approach by an athletic director. I have not heard of that in the modern era of college athletics. Right, and and unconventional, but ultimately I think, I mean, the fact is he's not worth what he's getting paid for a long time. I said that was his market value when he was hired. I mean, there were so many teams that NFL teams that wanted him. He was one of the top five. I mean, viewed as one of the top, you know, four or five or six coaches in all of football. So at one point it was his market value. He has proven at Michigan at least so far <laughs> that's six years. So it's not like it's a small sample size. He is probably worth closer. I know fans are going to have rolled their eyes to this, but if you look around the country, he's probably worth closer to 5 million a year. 
I, I'm going to, I might have a story about it later on this week. Um, kind of looking at the market value. Michigan has effectively been the 12th or 13th best football program in the country. If you combine the last six years, and I'm including this year. Uh, if you don't include this year, they're around 11th based on S and P rankings, based on AP poll, final rankings, winning percentage, effectively 11th best. Um, coaching salaries have blown up. That's probably still worth about 5 million a year. And so, yeah, I mean, I, unconventional, maybe unheard of. It's not like I'm, I'm not super well-versed in how other athletic departments have happened, but, but Steve, was this the right move for Ward Manual? We'll talk about the timeline and how maybe that wasn't the right approach yesterday, but, but in terms of literally offering a coach a reduced salary with incentives, uh, with a lower buyout, or to say, hey, you can walk. Was that a smart move given the situation? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think the I think bigger than the even the annual the annual salary is the buyout number. And like we and I agree, I was only saying that that third option is just literally an option. Uh, I totally agree. I don't think that's how it's going to go. Meaning, Michigan is going to have that buyout number reduced no matter how this ends. Right. I mean, and barring something crazy, and he takes door number three and makes them fire him that buyout number is going to come down. So, yeah, I think it was it's just I think it was a pretty shrewd pretty shrewd move uh because I do think if they re, if he re-ups at a lower salary, yeah, I think the market value becomes more closer to what it really is with the upside, you know, that they could turn this back around to where it was in in 16 and 18, you know, and maybe even Maybe even higher. Again, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone is projecting that at this point. But, you know, I think that there's, it's. By the way, real quick, just to jump in when I talk about market value, um, there are 13 coaches making more than five million per year, and there are like eight coaches that are making exactly five. So he'd, given that he is right for Michigan. He has a track record previously that Michigan's been roughly 12th or 13th best over the last six years. And, uh, and that, um, you know, he represents Michigan the right way, whatever, whatever that's worth to the athletics department, probably five, five and a half million, maybe six, depending on how you view the context of what Michigan was before he arrived. So, It'd be a significant reduction, I think, but maybe not like it still wouldn't it wouldn't be like they're not paying him like two million a year or anything. It'd be he'd still be a top fifteen coach salary wise. Yeah. No, I I think yeah, I think Michigan's put themselves in a position where regardless of the outcome, the financial situation will be more advantageous, better for them. Like, and that's I mean, you know. That's really the, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's the primary thing, you know, fans don't want to hear that, but it's a very, very important piece of it. So, you know, I think as given what Michigan has control of right now, it, I think it was definitely the, important. No one has like, I, right. I guess I want one. I just looked at USA today. They said his buyout was more like six and a half million, but even that's still, I mean, there are, there are universities shutting down sports because they cost them 2 million a year. Right. So it's not nothing. Right. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I, I think most listeners and, and again, naturally, just cause it's not, it's not, they're not involved. It's not anything that they have to worry. It's like, people are more worried about, okay, what coach is going to give us the best chance to win football games? You know, Michigan has some control over that right now, but I think what they have more control over is the financial aspect of it. And I think this was the best, one of the better possible moves that they could have made in that regard. I agree. Um, not so smart on Michigan's part. And I, I, I suspect we'll hear more about what the actual story is in the next couple of days. But yesterday in a press conference that, that in defense of Michigan was meant to be about the cancellation of the Ohio State game. There was a lot of medical talk, a lot of talk about the COVID outbreak. Um, real quick, 
not much to talk about from myself and Steve. Uh, you know, I think Bruce Feldman reported 45 Michigan players were going to be out this weekend. Michael Spath, former radio colleague of mine, said uh, 23 starters or starters or people who have started would be out this weekend. That to me, that 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 ends the story there. I mean, they they really they would be a shell of the t- of a team of the team, and they would lack the depth and capability to to feel healthy playing in the game plus the outbreak was still growing uh so anyway tidied that up in about 30 seconds i hope but regardless they also were of course asked about potential contract extension and ward manual and i will say he said this five years in a row he said it he said it about all of his coaches he's real big on the end of the year talk and he he believes in giving coaches until the end of the season, which I will say he said the same thing about John Beeline in 2017 when, you know, people were kind of, I don't know if he was on the hot seat in actuality. I don't think anyone, any of the powers that be were ever that mad about it, but fans were, were a little over it because he was about to miss the tournament. And then they ended up what, winning the big 10 tournament, making it to the sweet 16 Obviously, the year-end review looks a lot different than the when the fans are the grumpiest review. So he's always said this. He said this about Jim Harbaugh as well. Um, but yeah, he was asked about the extension and basically said, we'll discuss it at the end of the season. And when asked to clarify the end of the season, he said, after our last scheduled game, which is December 19th, the latest it has ever been in terms of the regular season. They're They're scheduled to play a Big Ten West team, probably Purdue, Nebraska, or Minnesota. I guess potentially Illinois. Um, regardless, scheduled to play a Big Ten West team December 19th. Where things get tricky is signing day is December 16th. And so, Steve, I don't think you or I believe for a second that they haven't discussed things. There's just no way. But the optics of that press conference because if we go based on what they publicly said that would imply that Jim Harbaugh's tenure with Michigan will not be or future with Michigan will not be discussed until a recruiting class signs or is asked to sign I should say I I really think they could have said a thousand things differently there I mean, that that just makes no sense. You could say there are ongoing discussions. Obviously, it's tricky with signing day and the end of the season. Um, thought that was a very weird and, frankly, ineffective approach. I mean, I don't think a single Michigan fan felt better about what, about what, the, what Ward Manuel or Jim Harbaugh said. And I don't think any recruits or their families felt better at that point. Because then it, it starts to create some credibility issues i mean what they say publicly is different than what they're saying behind the scenes that's that's the fact i mean that's just how athletic departments work but you you want to streamline it as much as possible i thought it was a very um uh it completely senseless approach i mean it just i mean i don't know if tone deaf t- might be a stretch but why why say you're not discussing it till the end of the season there's really no benefit to it um zero benefit it's the it it in given the context it's like the worst thing they could have said who cares about this last crossover game like there the signing day is more important than that last game if michigan won the last game by 50 points do you think anyone would feel differently about jim harbaugh I don't think so. Not like given whether the, they want him extended or they don't want him extended. I don't think anyone's opinion would change. Not given the level of opponent they're likely to face, right? Um, nah. I, I I strongly believe that signing day is more important than this last game. Yeah, I don't even think it's close. I mean, you're running the risk of even just, again, I agree with you. I'm sure there's no way there haven't been any conversations and I think there's still a real possibility that this does get figured out before signing day, I, just because I can't fathom that they're actually going to wait until the 19th. I think it gets figured out this week. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. I, I, but I'm just, just even saying it, 
publicly just creates more perception for these programs that are trying to recruit Michigan's commitments. It just gives them more ammunition just to keep the seeds of doubt planted and to put more pressure on Michigan to get it done. And now you got Jaden McBurrow's corner. You know, Miami is starting to come on there. Brandon Jennings out of Florida, one of Michigan's most recent commitments. I think just got a crystal ball to flip to Maryland this morning, actually. Hmm. Um, these are things that would have been avoided if Michigan, if if this had been figured out. And I'm not suggesting they should have had it figured out before a theoretical game against Ohio State, right? I don't think. Right. I'm not saying that should have been the case. But it's, it, it has. It's been handled. Yeah, as well as they've handled it, as far as what we just talked about with the the route that Manuel is taking with the contract, as well as they've handled it on that end, they've handled it poorly on this end. And, you know. This, and they always have. Right. I, I, agree. I yep. really think Michigan I did a, 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 a I, I felt this way in the moment. I still feel this way. Really, really did not handle the end. I've granted the NFL rumors might have been, you know, unfair or whatever. It's not something a lot of schools have to deal with. I mean, it took them, what, three years of it before they finally said, before they finally had like Adam Schefter report that he's not interested. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like they, I feel like Jim could have put it to bed years ago. I feel like the athletic department could have put it to bed years ago. Right. Well, what they, yeah, it, it was never done strongly enough to stop rival programs from being able to tell recruits. Right. Every they never, because, they, they were never truly definitive. No, just like now right. they're not like, they're not truly definitive. It's like, what, who are you? Who's, who's out there? Like, thank goodness they said that. Yeah. Oh, good. We got more time to think about it. Yeah. No, so I, glad. <laughs> I, I agree. And so, you know, obviously with me being, you know, having more of a recruiting angle or, or, you know, I always kind of view everything with a recruiting lens as it's just, this, this is, again, I, I, again, I have to stress, like we just already said, but it needs to be stressed. I think it gets done before signing day. I don't think it go, but again, it's more because it's not because of anything concrete that we've, we were heard or that we're, we've been told, but more than I just cannot fathom that they would actually let signing day go by without knowing, you know, what direction the program is heading in going forward. I just, because that last game to me is so inconsequential for the, for the outlook of the program, whatever, anything, I just can't fathom that they would wait until the 19th. So I, I do think things will get done, but they're, but that they haven't done literally anything <laughs> to dispel that perception. And they've, they've actually helped create that perception with this, this, what, again, what appears to be almost dragging their feet a little bit. This is, this is different. This is not the same. Like it's, it's the end of the season is not the same as what the end of the season normally is. This end of the season normally would have been two weeks ago. Right. You can't let a delayed schedule ruin your signing day because you want to wait until the quote end of the season to get your stuff figured out. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're, if Harbaugh is going to stay, they're playing with major, major fire because if, if this does come to a resolution this week or before the, before signing day and the, the resolution is that he is moving on, I think they're, you're going to see a lot of guys decommit anyway. I mean, that's just natural when a head coach leaves a program. But if he is leaning towards staying or is going to stay or whatever, the this delay is – and I don't also – the other thing is, too, to remember, and I could be wrong, and there are more loopholes than ever for kids to get out of their letters of intent, but I just – I also can't see Harbaugh – or Michigan waiting until after signing day to announce that he's not going to return. I think that would almost be a bigger disaster to yeah. the class than him announcing to leave before signing day. Uh, that uh, the optics of that would be horrible. And so, but again, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, doesn't seem like so. 
some it's like, I'm not saying recruiting should be like a number one or even number two priority, but sometimes I don't feel like it's enough of a priority in situations like this. Like recruiting is always and will always be the lifeblood of any football program. And you're making decisions that wouldn't just hurt this year's class, but might hurt next year's class, depending on how you handle this. I mean, with kids deciding earlier and earlier mm-hmm. every cycle, you know, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I, again, I can't fathom that they're not going to get it figured out sooner, but we just, since we don't know that and let alone, and we're just some people that are, that opine on the program and write about it. We're not like kids and families who are looking to invest three, four or five years of their lives, their entire careers. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, imagine that's why I say is like, I say this too, real quick, any kid that, that ends up signing to Michigan, like say this, they, they botch this somehow. Any of those kids who still follow through and sign regard with the uncertainty going on should forever be like fan favorite type kids, because I don't know if I could do it in that position to, to, with all the uncertainty going on to, to still, you know, stand behind Michigan as Michigan and not worry so much about the coaching situation situation is like very, very admirable. So, uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind too, with some of these guys, but, but at the same, like you can't blame anybody for, you know, yeah. I mean, this is their future. So yeah. Fascinating stuff. The, I, I agree though. It's just, it's been handled very, uh, I think a lot of question marks about how it's been handled from that regard. I have spent time trying to think why they would say, I mean, they, they punted. That's what it, that's what it is. They basically said, we're not going to decide for another two weeks publicly. Again, I think privately, my inclination is that it happens. Yeah. In the next three or four days, uh, not from anything, just reading different rumors, tea leaves, things like that. Um, and I think, <laughs> I I think the only reason they would do it is because they they don't they don't know and they don't want to tip their hand. I mean, if 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 they're still, because in theory, when Jim gets this contract, you know he can either accept, negotiate, or reject it. Two of those take about five seconds. I mean, maybe you think on it, maybe you sit on a decision, but. Um, I mean, I, I guess whatever this decision is, it's it's not coming lightly. And so, I mean, if they knew, they would have said something. I think I, I, there is absolutely no reason if they if Jim had accepted it or had rejected it. Well, I guess they wouldn't have announced that he rejected it in that press conference. But still, yeah, to me, it just seemed like they they don't know what to say yet. They don't know what the decision's going to be uh, because there are there is a lot of variables to this. It's not just does Jim Harbaugh drive to work in, in Ann Arbor? Does he drive? I mean, there's, there's families, there's assistant coaches to consider. Um, there's, there is financial, you know, buyouts and contracts and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah, it just, it was just a punt. Um, I guess from their point of view, it makes more sense to, to say, Oh, we'll decide in two weeks than to say something and be wrong or to say something that was viewed as uh, premature. So I guess that's a big part of it. And one thing that was interesting, though, because in the past when when Ward's talked about this stuff, granted it never had this tone to it. It was kind of the usual, like, oh, they're good, but they're not great kind of frustration stuff. Ward did not really do a stump speech for Harbaugh and and Harbaugh did not do a stump speech for the job he's done this year granted I, I Harbaugh just shut it down he said he basically gave a no comment Ward did give comments and he did say uh he he feels Jim Harbaugh's committed to his team the athletic department and the university and he did kind of go out of his way to say that but Steve, I, I know this was something that people were discussing right after the press conference. Not the usual rhetoric of, I want Jim Harbaugh to coach here forever. I mean, you know, it, it would be kind of tone deaf to say that, but but do you read anything into the fact that Ward did not 
voice an opinion one way or another uh, as maybe a sign that, that this relationship is at the very least on the rocks and that there's a real, because I, I, I think everyone's aware that there's a real possibility that Jim Harbaugh is not Michigan's coach. Even like we could find out while we're recording, but any, did you read anything into maybe if they were leaning one way or the other, or the other based on the press conference? Cause I know you, I know you saw it and everything. Any, did you pick up on any clues uh, or, or get any hints in what they said and how they said it? I don't think so necessarily. I think it would have been, it's like, <laughs> maybe if it had just been manual on the call, I, just, I think it just creates kind of an awkward Dynamic. Yeah, that was like that was Zoom. awkward. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like for, like, I don't know, just because the, the the format for Zoom type stuff is just so much different. You know, when you have like whoever's talking, they're flashing on the sky. So it's just, I think it would have been kind of awkward for him to um, stump. Like again, if it maybe if it just been him, I think maybe the tone would have been different. True. And I know I know their response would be this is about the cancellation and COVID, but they they knew going in that they were going to be asked about the co- there's no way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right? So, yeah. you know, it's not as if they were caught off guard by the subject, but I, I don't I don't look too much into the actual uh, presser as far as. Yeah, I, I, I can see where. I think it's a valid question. I just, I didn't really see too much just because I do. I think there's just like a real awkward, you know, it's like, would, would Manuel have said that? And then like Harbaugh, thanks. Like, thanks Ward. You know, I was like, it's just, or would he, you know what I mean? Like to, and then to address the next question. I don't know. It's just, I thought it was a weird dynamic with all of the different Michigan figures that were on the call yesterday to begin with. Um, right. Let alone actually, stumping for him publicly in said press conference so uh no i think no i I think it's a i think it's a valid question though i just uh i didn't pick up on anything though yeah no i i that's a very good point and yeah it was kind of funny because yeah if he had said i mean i don't think there's anything ward could have said that would have changed i mean that's it's the same thing with um the, the game on december 19th if michigan wins that game by 20 everyone who wants harbaugh gone will be like, it doesn't matter. It's a meaningless game against a crummy team. And then if if Harbaugh, if Michigan loses, everyone who's in favor of Harbaugh sticking around, I don't know what percentage that is. I think it was like 40. I did a poll the other day. I think it was 40% uh, would say, well, the season's lost anyways. They're so injury. Um, was this Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Twitter is necessarily indicative. I... I... I agree or disagree. Well, but my point, my point was not about the Twitter poll. It was, it was about, I think everyone who's on Harbaugh's side is going to stay on Harbaugh's side. And everyone who's, you know, saying he should be fired. Isn't going to change their mind. I mean, they literally, they could beat Purdue by 30 and people would say, it doesn't matter. Meaningless game. And they could lose to Purdue by 30 and everyone who, you know, everyone who's in favor of Harbaugh would say, well, it's already a lost season. So this is just a, an extension of it. And I think both, both of them are right as, as I mean, then that, that speaks to the fact that the game really doesn't matter. So Steve, I guess I, I have a question about the recruiting. Cause I think you brought up a really great point about if you were a Michigan recruit, you would not be planning on signing on Wednesday until they have some resolution. Uh, if Harbaugh decides to walk away, I guess what what would you do if you're a recruit? I mean, is is there any? And that's where things get confusing because if Harbaugh decided he was not going to accept this deal and walked away, he wouldn't technically leave until January, right? Because he would have to take an NFL job. Sure. And and Michigan wouldn't be hiring. I mean, anybody, unless it's a promotion from within, they wouldn't be hiring any, which I don't know who that would be. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh, (laughs) They wouldn't be hiring anybody until well after signing day either because all of the candidates out there are still playing, are still coaching. So I guess... I'm kind kind of working through in doing the doing the mental 
walk through now, what does it look like if Jim Harbaugh leaves? And 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 I guess for for you, I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, would any of these guys commit or sign, or would they kind of wait and find out who the hire is? Because one thing they can transfer. I mean, they can they can transfer without having to set out a year. So like, if you're for example, JJ McCarthy, you could sign. And if you didn't like who the coach that was hired was, and when you find out in January, you could transfer somewhere else. But I, I guess it, I don't mean to oversimplify it, but Michigan's really screwed if Harbaugh walks away. As as weird as that sounds, it might it might in the long run. I don't think they'd be screwed, but I don't know how this recruiting class works out at all if they can't hire anybody until um until at least late december right and they can't and jim harbaugh might not technically be gone until january so covid is kind of the wild card because like with a lot of these guys and this is where it's like this is where it's kind of interesting they've literally not been able to visit other programs so it's for some of these guys who've been to Michigan's campus four or five times, you know, maybe have more of a connection with the campus and the football, the facilities and the program in general, you know, it's still might for some of these guys, it still might be where else would I go? Even if they have like other viable options, right? So the guys at the top, like a McCarthy or a Colson or a, right. Uh, you know, those guys are obviously would have many other programs knocking on their door. But I just think the COVID deal, maybe it makes it kind of a wild card, but at the very least you're, yeah, you're, it's, it would be teetering on the brink of a disaster. If it was any other cycle where kids could take five officials, I, I think, yeah, I think it would be almost a foregone conclusion that the class would be decimated and whoever was brought in, whoever was hired in would have to do what Harbaugh did in 15, which was keep, try to keep as many of the guys, that were still committed if they hadn't signed, which again, I think, yeah, that'd be the bigger thing would, I think you'd see a lot of kids delay until February to at least reevaluate their options. Yeah. Right. But to try to keep, because it would fill up, right. Very, very tricky. And that's what I'm saying is like for some of these, I think some guys would, would not saying they'd be stuck because they didn't commit to Michigan in the first place, but you know, the, they might not have a bevy of options available necessarily. So again, like I said, guys like Colson, McCarthy, like those guys would have options, like no doubt. Those are the kind of guys you find room for. Uh, but some other guys might not have any other options, you know? And so the new hire, the biggest, the biggest job would be, well, I mean, <laughs> I guess keep the guys committed that you still want, that you would want to be part of your class. Cause technically none of them are your commitments. Um, but yeah, that obviously be a, you know, Harbaugh, I thought did a pretty good job in 15. He came in real late, you know, and, and got some really good players to finish out that class. I know they missed on Mike Weber. Uh, I think they missed on a couple other guys too, but, you know, did a pretty good job considering the circumstances, but you know, whoever they hire, I'm not sure would come in with the same cachet that Harbaugh came in with in 15. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. There's no, huge game changing name. Right. You know, we now the think. difference is like, okay, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the hypothetical of Matt Campbell, who seems to be the most, I think that would be the first call. If Harbaugh walked away, he could bring in Iowa state players as well. In, in terms of the one-time transfer. So he could, he could kind of, counter maybe a, a, a recruiting class that didn't work out so well. And that's where maybe hiring someone who is a head coach would be most important is they could bring in their own players. If the recruit recruiting cycle didn't really work for them, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that would be something. It's yeah. Terrible time, a terrible year for Michigan to have to potentially change its coach. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and that was something we talked about before when we first started to talk about hot seat stuff was that if there was a year to, that you don't want your coach on the hot seat, it's, it's now see. So what you don't want to happen 
is you don't want hap- to happen. If you're Michigan, you don't want what happened to Texas to happen to you. Cause now Texas looks stupid with all this urban Meyer talk. And then Meyer's not interested. Now you have Tom Herman just kind of sitting there, <laughs> you know, and there's a legitimate chance that they might, that he will, he will be back next year. But now you talk about lame duck status, you know, I mean, it was clear as day. I mean, you had reports, you know, and, and documents of, of donors wanting to fire him and all this kind of stuff. And again, Michigan, I don't think you'll ever see that type of information go public. I'd be very surprised. It just doesn't seem like that happens around here. Maybe it will, but either way, what I'm saying is you just, you don't want what happened to Texas to happen to Michigan. And the one thing in the back of my mind, I keep thinking is, you know, there's still a small part of me with the sort of the, be careful what you wish for, uh, type situation here as far as running to try to get rid of Harbaugh because, and we talked about it and, and I, there's no doubt that massive changes need to be made, but you know, this is a team, a a unit right now that was, has been so decimated throughout the entire year. And I love the recruiting classes they've brought in the last couple cycles. Uh, We've talked about it a lot with 19 and 20, especially, you know, as classes that just seem to be, better and just um you know so i do think there's that because like i said i think you just what happened in austin is is a worst case scenario you know they basically hung herman out to dry and now are probably going to have to keep him um that's you know i don't think if you're michigan fan i think you'd rather keep harbaugh give them one more go around to try to, to finish this and get Michigan to where it's, they want to be and then go from there. You know, cause like I said, I think there's a real, you know, this is, this is like the worst year that I can remember to, to be in this situation. And I think rushing to change because of how wacky everything's been, I think rushing to change might not be the best option or route to go. Yeah. Well, they've put the cards on the table, right? I mean, they, you know, it's, it's, unless there's a part of the story that we don't have, it's not really Michigan's decision at this point. It's, it's Jim's decision. Um, Michigan, Michigan decided that it didn't want to outright fire Harbaugh, but it also felt due to a number of reasons that a pay cut was probably worth doing Um, real quick. I, you mentioned the one more go round. I think if if Jim signed an extension, I honestly would not expect him to stay throughout the duration of the extension. I think it would be to quiet the national conversation. I think the lower buyout would be a two way street. Um, and I think that if Michigan, I think ne- I think Michigan views next year as kind of the the not the stars are aligning, maybe the planets are aligning a little bit where you'd still be a heavy underdog against Ohio state, but Ohio state is going to have a new quarterback. They're going to be, they're always young. They're always replace players, but they're going to have to replace more than usual. Um, meanwhile, Michigan returns pretty much. I think I counted 18 starters. Air is in line to return 18 starters. And so, and, and a lot of guys got experience this year. So I think, I think if Jim, if, if Jim signs an extension, I would view it as he's going to try next year. And if next year's a nine and three season, then I think both parties just say, nope, that didn't work. You know, seven years in time to move on. I think, I think this year, I don't know how Michigan views it. I kind of view it as not, not an asterisk year. But clearly, this was not a normal season. And yes, some teams did really well in an abnormal season. I think, personally, I think Michigan benefits from a couple non-conference laughers where they can figure out their cornerback situation. They can figure out their linebacker situation. They can figure out their quarterback situation. You know, maybe, maybe they have a bye week or two. I think... In 2018, didn't they have two bye weeks uh, where they were able to you know, get guys healthy 
So person my that's just my personal belief. I'm not vouching for or against Michigan in any way. They're just feels feels like the dynamics of the team and how things have gone. They could have used a full season of evaluation. Sure. Anyway, I I don't think have we missed any anything? Is there anything I forgot to cover? No, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. You know, we'll, I know there's a lot of talk about which assistants will stay or go. We're going to wait till the next episode that we talk about this stuff because, uh, I mean, technically, they still have a game to prepare for. I, It's so weird. This whole thing is so bizarre. And, and yeah, I think we've both said it. This is a – Michigan's in a really interesting spot because – this is like the word. I mean, most years, you know, if you want to hire or fire a coach the first week of December and signing day, well, in the past it was in February, but even then you still had two weeks and players weren't in the facilities. Coaches, you know, were, were out on the recruiting trail. Maybe they weren't, they weren't doing practices the week after Michigan played Ohio state in the past. And, and there wasn't this much overlap of all the timelines. But got to think in the next week, we're going to know a lot about where Michigan football's at. I mean, we could do a podcast a week from now, and it could be drastically different in so many different ways. So for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. You definitely want to stay tuned. We'll have future episodes about all of this. Uh, we try to... We try to cover what you guys are talking about. So be sure to to let us know if there's anything else uh, you want us to weigh in on. Be sure to subscribe, share, throw us a rating uh, if you haven't yet. And be sure to read all of our stuff over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.